Meg. I'm here with Eli. Good afternoon. Hey, Eli. Hi. I've got a wonky mic. Yeah, you got a wonky mic. Um, We've all got a wonky mic in our (laughs) lives, Meg. It's a metaphor. All right. Tell me what you've been watching. Well, Skylar and I have been watching Bob's Burgers lately. Oh, yeah? I know we've talked about Bob's Burgers on Hive Mind before, but we're going to talk about it again. Great. Bob's Burgers is a vehicle for jokes for me. The characters are fun. I like the characters. I can't do cartoons very well. Yeah. This is not a show that I can binge, but while I'm watching it, I like really enjoy it. Um, and it's made me think about how many comedies in my life I watch because they're joke vehicles and how many I watch because I like story. Okay. And I think most comedies that I've ever gotten into, it's really just because they're joke vehicles. Like Arrested Development, I don't care what's happening with any of the characters. No. But it's just like these people are good at telling jokes, right? Yeah. 30 Rock, I don't really care what's happening with any of the characters, but it's a joke vehicle. Yeah. Um, Bob's Burgers is that way. The Office, I cared about the storylines. You did? Yeah. Like I, I thought the character development in The Office was really good. And so, and I think that's why I can't go back and binge 30 Rock very well. I like pulling up an episode every once in a while. I like talking about it. I can't binge Seinfeld, Mm. but I can binge over and over and over again The Office because I think it's so comforting to sit in because the storytelling is good. What about Frasier? I've never watched Frasier. Well, that's your loss. I know, because you just did a big... So would you call Frasier, you know, is it good character development? Yeah, I'd say it skews more character development than jokes. Okay. So um, I think like Schitt's Creek is more character development than jokes. Yeah. Like, I, I'm i not often laughing out loud, you know, watching Shit's Creek. I'm smirking and I'm chuckling a bit, but mostly I'm just like, I really like watching these characters develop and grow. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think, I think that if you can write good characters and do good character development in your show, your show probably has, like, longer lasting power. You think so? I think so. Because I watched 30 Walk. Way more than I watched The Office. Yeah, but The Office was the most watched thing on Netflix, like, what, two years ago? Really? And it's this old show, but it's, like, had this huge resurgence, and people are just binging it over and over again. Yeah. And I don't really know anybody who's re-watching 30 Rock over and over, but I know a ton of people that are like, I'll just throw on The Office tonight. Hmm. I don't know what else to watch. Okay. It's kind of interesting. I'm re-watching 30 Rock, so... Okay. (laughs) And how is that going? Great. Yeah. Do you start from the beginning? Yeah. What do you think of early season? I love them. Yeah. I think season one is one of the funniest seasons of TV. So I love the pilot of 30 Rock, even though it's kind of wonky. Like, yeah. the pacing is very weird because yeah. they're they're not quite used to the fact that they don't have a laugh track. Yeah. It's like a bunch of people from SNL making the show and their odd pauses where you're like, yeah, that's where you would laugh, yeah. but you don't need to. And then they figure it out kind of through season one. And by season two, it's just the pacing is like so fast. Yeah. And then season three, I think, is probably the peak. And then we watch season four and we usually drop off right around the end of season four. Were there seven seasons? I think there were eight. Oh, it went that long? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. But, you know. I don't care about that show very much once Liz Lemon gets with what's-his-name at the end. The guy oh, she ends James up with. Marsden. James Marsden. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never... He's, like, the weakest of all the boyfriends. Yeah, which is maybe why he's the one that works. I mean, we just watched her break up with Jason Sudeikis with Floyd, and I'm like, oh, that... For me, is still one of my greatest heartaches. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. 
personally in yeah. my own life. Yeah. What else have you been watching? Well, I watched half of Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I was... We will be talking about <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire next week. Here's the honest truth. Okay. I it was Stephen's birthday. I meant to watch Mrs. Doubtfire during the day yesterday. I've had I'm just busy and <laughs> things fell apart and I wasn't gonna make what Stephen watch Mrs. Doubtfire on his birthday evening. So we're doing Mrs. Doubtfire next week. Well, what I'll say, teaser, Mrs. Doubtfire is still a good time. I can't wait to watch it's it. It's an insane movie yeah. with an absolutely insane premise. But uh, Skylar was like so excited to watch it last night. And we got about halfway through it. And I was like, yeah, this is a pretty good time. And then you called sorry. and you were like, scratch it. You need to watch nine hours of a different TV show by tomorrow. And Skylar just sighed and then turned it off. <laughs> Sorry. I'm really sorry. It's my fault. Well, I'm excited to finish it. Okay. What have you been watching? Um, I okay. We started the new season of Ted Lasso. And I feel like what has happened with Ted Lasso is what happened with Shits Creek, where the hype got so big mm. and suddenly Ted Lasso was the antidote to all of the world's problems that I, there's too much. Queer I did this too. It's too loaded. And so like I watched the first episode and it really just felt pretty cheesy to me. Yeah. So I decided I need to step back and at the end of the season, watch it all like while I'm doing things. Okay. For as long as I can enjoy it. I just... I hate to be that person, but it's like that song that you like and then the radio plays it over and over and yeah. over and you're like, if I hear this song one more time, yeah. I'm going to throw Somebody up. Somebody that I used to know. Exactly. <laughs> Though if you turn that song on right now, I would be like, oh yeah, this it's still slaps. Still. Yeah, yeah, this is still good. <laughs> but I just like the Ted Lasso fatigue has really kind of hit me and I'm like, this isn't the time for me That's to watch this. That's too bad because it, it, to, for it to happen so fast. Because it's season two, right? Yeah, it's season two. and Shit's Creek, that didn't happen until like the final two seasons. Yeah, I think it took people a longer time to find Shit's Creek because it was Canadian. Yeah. Um, And peop- there weren't huge stars in it. Like Jason Sudeikis is a big deal, you know? Um, There weren't huge stars in Shit's Creek. Yeah. Catherine O'Hara. And, Catherine O'Hara was not a huge star. She was Levy- like a Christopher Guest darling. I, I mean, everybody knows who they are. I don't think so. Catherine O'Hara is a huge star in my book. Well, in your book. Yeah. Which is the correct book, but yeah. not everyone's book. Okay. Well, okay. Okay. Mm, wrong. Mm. Okay. So I'm going to watch Ted Lasso later. Bachelor in Paradise has started again. I know because my phone keeps advertising it to me. Listen, if you want, things are dark right now in the world. If you want just a couple hours of happiness in your life, Bachelor in Paradise is the answer. It is complete Fluff, smut, comedy, and I cannot get enough of it. Oh, boy. It is so good. Irene and I are recapping every episode on this very podcast, so listen for those. And Oh, that actually reminds me. I have never talked with you about this. I watched an episode of F-Boy. Oh, I watched half an episode. Oh, my gosh, Meg. This is the worst thing I have ever seen. The show is called F-Boy. F-Boy Island. F-Boy Island, even better. And it's like three women who are as vapid as can be. Yeah. Reviewing 20 men. And half of them are like want a real relationship. And the other half are just F boys Mm -hmm. and they're just there to play. But they don't we don't know which is which. So every week 
I guess every week they eliminate some and then they reveal like if they were one of the good ones or the bad ones. Yeah. Eli, you're saying this in like a condescending petty tone. I got to tell you, you're selling it. <laughs> and the production quality is terrible. No, it is. It is light years ahead of Bachelor in Paradise. Really? Oh, yeah. You can tell they don't have much of a budget because all of the guys are staying like basically in a frat house. <laughs> yes. That's how these shows work. But Bachelor in Paradise, does it not have a budget? It has like two dollars, and really? they all just hang out on the beach all the time. Does the Bachelor franchise have less money than I thought? I just always assume because the one episode I had to watch because I was recapping in your absence, they like went on like a fifty thousand dollar date. It was ridiculous. Yeah, they they've really scaled that back, especially during COVID. Okay. Um, you know they're in one spot and like the big adventure. <laughs> On a couple seasons ago when it was mid-COVID, one of the dates was they went up in a hot air balloon that was still tied to the ground. And it only went like as high as the rope would go. They didn't even like fly around. (laughs) Yeah, things are rough over in the Bachelor franchise. But like the worse it gets, the more fun it is. Oh, boy. So listen to our episodes about that. I mentioned 30 Rock. And then... I watched the finale of White Lotus, which is what we are Mm. here to talk about today. Now, there has been a lot of talk on Mm. White Lotus since the series conclusion. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm still processing it and forming my opinion of it. But I want to hear you generally. Did you like the show or dislike this show? White Lotus to me is like eating a bag of Doritos. Okay. It's like. While I was eating it, I'm like, yeah, I guess I want to keep eating this. They're Doritos. And yeah. then as soon as the bag was empty, I was like, gross. I can't believe I just ate a whole bag of Doritos and I'm still hungry. Really? I really did not. I really don't like the show. I don't like what there. First of all, there are there are almost zero likable characters in it. Mm-hmm. Truly almost zero. I think there's like one one and a half likable characters in this entire show. Uh, the kids are such brats, and I'm getting really tired of watching TV shows about rich people misbehaving. Like, I'm just, okay. I don't I don't have patience for it anymore. Can you give me an example of another one? Um, uh, What's it called on HBO that we're all excited to come back for season three? Succession? Succession. Another show of just, like, rich people misbehaving. It, basically, every HBO series besides Mare is rich people misbehaving. The Reese Witherspoon series. Yeah. Um, the the one set in New York with uh, what's her name Australian. Ugh. It's just like series after series of undoing. Like, yeah, rich people and and I feel like the shows represent. It, it almost feels like the shows think that this is normal life. What they're representing. You think so? I think so. I mean, this is just a series. They they have like mild commentary in the White Lotus about kind of class disparity because you have one of the storylines is. The woman who kind of runs the spa helping uh, another rich woman. Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge, who who I think is actually pretty good in this, uh, helping her feel better. And Jennifer Coolidge kind of promising her that she's going to help her set up a business and invest in her. And then ultimately just kind of abandoning her selfishly. And so you get a little bit of that commentary, but mostly it's just like... These are just some people out here trying to have a good vacation and, and everything goes awry. Like, that's the vibe I get from it. Even if they think... They're trying to like show what what how rich people are terrible. You're still just watching a bunch of rich people on vacation, mostly end up at the end all happy and going home from their vacation. It's just like this is gross. Oh, I completely disagree. Okay, tell me. I think that it really demonstrated privileged inaction. 
Um, I think that the Mossbacher family, the conversations that they had around dinner, um, especially the stuff Steve Zahn said about how, like, I'm a good guy, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I want progress, but what, am I going to give away all my money? Yeah. Uh, was a really interesting conversation. I read an interview with Mike White where he talked about, he actually brought up Survivor, mm-hmm. which I know you had a problem with him on Survivor, but he said he went into Survivor feeling like he was the underdog because he's gay and um, he's a screenwriter, which isn't a profession that necessarily makes you famous. But like by the time the season was over, he realized that he actually was in a position of privilege compared to a lot of other people. And that was a weird awakening for him to like accept that responsibility and how he he didn't want that responsibility. Oh, he, yeah, he steamrolled over people in that show. And I didn't, he, he was he was somebody that I was rooting for for the first half of the season. And then he just became too cranky and I was sick of him complaining all the time. So that was my problem with him. Yeah. But um, he did show up in Survivor and got recognized because people had seen School of Rock. And they're like, you're in School of Rock. Like, yeah. I, you know, they knew who he was. And I do remember from the show him being surprised that people knew who he was. Yeah. So that's interesting. And like, I... There's been all these interesting think pieces lately, and I think pieces kind of drive me crazy, but there was that one by David Brooks. Was it in The New Yorker or New York Times about the death of the Bobos and how there's this creative class that has actually risen to prominence in academics and like they're the they are the top of society right now, but they don't want the responsibility of being the top of society. Like nobody wants that responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this show was really playing around with that idea. Like whose responsibility is it actually to make sure that the oppressed are not oppressed anymore? Mm -hmm. You know? And like, I, I felt some responsibility. Like I go to Hawaii, you know, and should I feel bad about going to Hawaii? Is it my personal problem? No, did I cause this land to be taken from Native Hawaiians? No, but am I implicit in that complicit continuation? In, yeah. Complicit, sorry. Yeah. In yeah. that continuation of stealing land from these people. You know, like it just brought up a lot of really interesting ideas to me. I think the Shane and um, his wife, that was a really interesting exploration of ideas like, she wants independence, but does she actually want independence? Yeah. Does she want the career she thinks she wants, which is actually a very hard career? Or does she want comfort? Can you have both? Mm-hmm. Is it okay? Can you marry a jerk and still be a good person? Oh, I just, that part of the storyline like stressed me out the most because I was just like, girl, this is going to be a miserable life if you don't get out of this marriage. Can you imagine being married to that man? No. Oh, my goodness. No, but when she got back with him, I, I mean, spoiler, I wasn't surprised either. You weren't? No. I thought it, I, I was. Really? I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was going to be done. I was like, oh, we're going to watch these people on their honeymoon and their, the disintegration of their new relationship. I, and I texted you this. There is no world where it makes sense to me that Connie Britton and Steve Zahn are the same age. And I told, and you texted back and said, who do you think is older? And I like, they're both just in a different like different eras of people yeah like they're both way too old and way too young for each other at the same time because i met steve zahn when he was like basically a teenager in the 90s like that's how he was introduced to me like that thing you do you know he was 20 or whatever and i met connie Britton on friday night lights and she was the school counselor and it was 2008 and i just like 
it doesn't make sense that these two people caught up to one another and they're like married to each other in 2021. I get it. It's so weird. I get it. But I also am like, yeah, they are the same age. And I really want Connie Britton to play. I need her next role to be something that I'm rooting for again because I'm getting Uh, really tired. No, she's having too much fun. I know. I know. She's she's very good. You know, she is very good. She she knows how to elicit whatever she does. Everything I've seen her in, she knows how to elicit reactions from the audience from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I have to tell you what else I like about the show. Hmm. I like that the uh, the quote unquote oppressed people weren't perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, like Armand did double book the room. Yeah. You know, and Kai did steal a necklace. Yeah. I feel like every time, you know, like, George Floyd was murdered, right? Mm-hmm. And people were like, yeah, but he was on drugs. And it's like, so okay, yeah, still shouldn't have been murdered, yeah. you know? And like when we can let go of the idea that people can be imperfect and still deserving of justice, right? we can get a lot further in progress. And I feel like Mike White was very conscious of that in painting these characters as flawed, but still having unjust things mm-hmm. done to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, Armand was murdered mm-hmm. right for mm-hmm. double booking a room while his murderer there were no consequences whatsoever mm-hmm. i i it was it was a good show for the moment we're in i believe hmm. you you said your favorite storyline was the teenage boy played by somebody in his mid 20s he's supposed to be 14 yeah. but what why i i was very confused it about was just that. really i just thought it was charming that he came to the island like Completely addicted to his devices, and he ended the season mm. rowing away into the ocean, having found peace. <laughs> uh-huh. He was the only person who had found peace. How long until peace. CPS goes and scoops him up and sends I him mean, back home? I mean, soon, but, yeah. you know, like, he recognized that he didn't want the life yeah. that he was living, which was a very privileged life, yeah. you know? And, like, of course, there's problems with that. Did he, like, appropriate a Native tradition, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, there's a lot to dissect there, but... On a surface level, it was my favorite story arc. Okay. What do you think of Jennifer Coolidge in this? I, she was so when I said there are one and a half likable characters, I think she's the half. Yeah. I, for most of the series, I was like sympathizing with her, and I'm like, you're a little bit out of touch, but you have a good heart, like buried in there. Mm-hmm. And but she, in the end, when she just sort of abandons her plan to help out this woman that she promised to help out, it's just kind of you're just like, oh. Okay, you're you're also you, still don't you get suck. It. Yeah, yeah, you still don't get and it. And the whole self help speak where she says, "I just can't keep attaching myself to people." This is a healthy step for me. That's such like a a white woman thing yeah. to do, you yeah. know. And it's like that. That's a perfectly fine realization to have about yourself. But now you're doing this at the expense of somebody who was relying on you, right? And like that 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 is a selfish way to get yourself help that you think that you need, right? Yeah. So I just thought it was insightful. Um, what did you think of the the what's his name Armand? 
like the actor. Yeah. Astounding. He's so good. Had you have you seen him in things before? I hadn't, had you? Yeah. So I didn't know he was is he Australian? Is or the New actor Zealand. New Zealander? I think he might be um I feel so bad. What is the native um Kiwi? Is what are you it? talking about? Yeah, like native oh, New yeah. Zealander. Yeah. He let's see. He's a, no, he's Australian. Oh, he's Australian. Okay. Yeah. So he, um, I saw him several years ago. He was in this series, an HBO series called Looking, um, that was okay. Uh, and it's about like four gay guys who live in San Francisco and their friends and, mm-hmm. they, you know, whatever. And he was in that, he was, I think the best part of that series. And then I had never seen him in anything else. And so it was really interesting to see him pop up in this playing another gay role. So I, I'm assuming he's probably gay. I'm looking what starred Jonathan Groff. Oh, okay. Did you ever see, I don't know if I would recommend it. It's kind of an infuriating show to watch. Looking? Yeah, looking. Jonathan Groff is, um, crim, not crim, um, the mind, mind hunter. Oh, I don't know. On Netflix. And he's King George in yeah, Hamilton, right? In Hamilton. And he was in Glee. I, I was introduced to him from Glee unfortunately, because I somehow have seen like every episode of Glee, even though I swear I didn't watch the show, but I somehow saw all of it. (laughs) Does that happen for you? I think I've seen all of Glee, but I didn't watch the stupid show and I hate it. I watched two seasons. Okay. And by the time the third season rolled around, I thought, Meg, you deserve better than this. (laughs) You... It's time to cut ties with Glee. But didn't something just happen with Leah Michelle again? I'm oh, sure. It was she was trending on Twitter last week because they they just cast Beanie Feldstein uh-huh. as the lead of Funny Girl. They're like bringing back Funny Girl they to Broadway. Are? And everybody everybody was tweeting about Leah Michelle because like I think Leah Michelle sang that song, the don't, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, the don't rain on my parade or whatever. Yeah. And Glee and like performed at it, I think the Emmys one year. And I think has publicly talked about how like she would love to take on that role. So people were like, oh, Leah Michelle's feeling it today. Yeah. And I just, the Leah Michelle of it all is just so, I need a like a 10 part documentary, docuseries on what really happened with her there are just some people you want to just like take them gently by the hand and say it's time for you to log off the internet (laughs) disable your account yeah just stop (laughs) stop for a while you know regroup think about think about what kind of person you want to be perceived at and then come back to it when you're ready Mm -hmm. you know yeah and leah michelle is one of those people I, i was talking to somebody recently um who's done a lot of kind of PR stuff for celebrities. And I was talking about Army Hammer and whether Army Hammer is can ever come back. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, he can never come back. Uh, everybody kind of understands that in the industry. Like, he crossed a point that is there's a point of no return for him. And what she said was the problem for Army Hammer, and this is what happens with celebrities who, like, tank and, and are never able to recover from their bad choices. The problem with Army Hammer is he had a team around him telling him what to say and what to do and what not to do. And he was just ignoring them and ignoring them and ignoring mm. them. And if you do that too many times, you just like cross a point of no return. Okay. And that that was when his whole, like everybody quit on him and they were just like, we're done. We're not helping you anymore. Okay. And she's like, it was well known that he was ignoring the advice he was getting about how to handle like this news that was coming out. And she's like, if he would have listened to the people around him, he probably could have navigated it. 
and like gone to some kind of rehab and come out and like joked about it and talked about it in serious interviews and he would have been fine. But he's like, there's no, there's nothing he can do at this point. It'll be interesting to see whether that's true. But like Leah Michelle feels like one of those people that like surely there are people around her and have been people around her that are like, no, 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 don't do this. And then she's just doing it anyway. Like, yeah, you need to get along with your coworkers. It's like she can't afford the best people, so she <laughs> she like maybe hired her friends. You know, like one of those situations where it's like, and then it's just a slow spiral downward. Yeah. It's just getting worse. Yeah. How did we get here? Okay, sorry, White Lotus. So, what has been the chatter about the finale? What are people saying about it? Uh, lots of good jokes. One person said, "Uh, the point of the show is that a woman would rather." marry a murderer than be a freelance journalist which is <laughs> really funny yeah um a lot of like colonialism mm-hmm. you know and white privilege and these they're these people are all despicable and yeah we're all getting a little tired of just watching people be jerks mm-hmm. on tv that is getting a little old um i mean this is why i think so many people are have gravitated to ted lasso yeah I haven't been able to get into it, but I, like, understand why people are compelled to it. Because they're just like, I'm sick of rich people being assholes. Yeah, 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 which is a lot of what this is. Um, But a lot of the way the upper white class treats people in lower class who are people of color specifically. And I do think the show is effective in... There's not a outright bad guy. Shane's pretty, like... Mm -hmm not nice but he's not like a villain you know but they there's just like a bunch of death by a thousand cuts in this mm-hmm. and it just demonstrates how replaceable the working class is because there's characters who you literally see once and then never see again mm-hmm. while you see the rich people over and over and over and it's their storylines that they think matter and i just think it was effective in making its point i think it was effective in making that point too in the series the series started with these employees all standing like on the shore waving at the boat coming in mm-hmm. and then it ended with a new set of employees like a couple of switch outs but standing on the shore waving and the new people that are now coming for the new week and it's just like oh this just happens i mean obviously somebody's not getting murdered every week but right. like the kinds of things that we saw in the series just happens for these people that are in the working class and like catering to these tourists just every week, week yeah. after week. Yeah. They're just like a new set of rich people coming in, being terrible, going home. And a new set of rich people coming in, being terrible and going home. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So sorry about going to Hawaii. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> sorry. I really was. I was like, should I not go to Hawaii anymore? I don't know. Right now, there's, I'm hearing a lot of people say don't go to Hawaii because resources are strapped. And Oh, really? Yeah, apparently there's been a drought and they've been rationing water for actual locals because, <sighs> and so I have seen, and I felt really guilty because Skylar and I went to Hawaii yeah. this year. Yeah. And then after we got back, probably a month later, I started seeing people say like, don't go to Hawaii. Like uh, Native Hawaiians are asking people to not come travel there right now because of, you know, these problems. And I was like, oh, shoot. And so, I mean, I don't know. I don't know either. I, I don't, don't know. know. Yeah. Anyway. We'll be back next week to talk about Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes. For real. Because mm-hmm. it's not my husband's birthday next week. Um, I think that would have been a nice birthday gift for he him. He wasn't into it. So. I'll be surprised. to. I'll be interested to hear whether he likes it when you do watch it with okay, him. Okay. Well, I'll return mm-hmm. and let you know. 
Uh, thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.